This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He's Stephen Graham and he's next. And now, from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor. All right, first things first, you're going to have to bear with me here a little bit. I don't have much of a voice after getting sick over the weekend. Oh, boy. Like so many in the music scene, Stephen grew up listening to 107.7 The End. Like so few, he ended up hosting a show here. Oh, Mr. Graham. Stephen first put his name on my map with a ton of work in the Everett music scene before joining Pepper, our former locals-only host. He joined as a co-host. Now he's running the show. Let's stick around and see who he is. Dude, I've known you for about a hundred times longer on the internet than I have in person, and that's where I first came across this Everett music scene that's going it's on. It's weird how that works. Huh? Get up on there. It's kind of weird how uh, the whole internet thing. Yeah, social media. I know so many people via that, and have sat down so few times, like flesh to flesh with yeah. you here, and uh, been able to just hang out and talk about it. It doesn't help that we're on totally different schedules, and yeah. and our. Uh... They only let me in here on Sunday nights, typically. I just found out they don't even give you a key card. That no. is rude. No, I have to ask a lot of people so i can get through from this door to an elevator to that door <laughs> just to get in the studio to do a show for free <laughs> <laughs> they, they uh they, they do send you a guy to push all the buttons yeah, and stuff for you, so they nice. don't have to think about it what which up is nice. tim hey tim shout I out appreciate to tim. your help uh, tim's rad man i see him in here doing weird stuff all the time yeah um so i mean i guess i don't really know you at all which is the which is kind of cool footing to s- start off on are you originally a seattle everett guy are you from here are you um, here? so i've been in everett since i was in about the fifth grade Okay. Start out in Salton, which what? a lot of people know is that place they stop to get uh, donuts on their way to Stevens Pass. Oh yeah, um, but oh, that's that sounds delicious. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Did Just, you run the donut shop there? No, actually, my grandmother worked at the Salton Bakery for quite a while though. Salton Bakery, yeah, is that's that a, the spot. Oh man, I've been up to Gold Bar to do some hiking up there. Is that that's the, actually? Yeah, I actually I spent a little time uh, living in Gold Bar next to Wallace Falls, which yeah. is probably where you went hiking. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting married in Gold Bar. Oh really? Shout, uh, hey, congratulations to you as well, sir. Hey, we're both uh, we're both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice Wait, work. That was a really white guy miss high five there. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna get married in Goldbar? Yeah, my grandparents have uh, have five acres kind of out in the sticks, oh, and so we're gonna throw a party out there where we don't think any neighbors will be bothered by our shenanigans. Oh, dude, cool. Yeah. I'm doing it. The the it's awesome, but also kind of dumb. I'm flying all the way out to Atlanta. Okay. So that means I don't have to bring everyone with me, which is also nice. Yeah. Just a, just a few people. I don't have to make hard decisions on who gets to go and who doesn't. I'm, do, I'm doing the hard decisions thing right now. <sighs> everyone has their opinions. Yeah. Well, and then you have to decide. Like You're going to have to make some people grumpy, and you just got to accept that, right? Yeah. That's like tough. I'm well. I'm like. Uh, I had this conversation with my mother recently. She was a little offended, I think, about some people <laughs> I was deciding not to invite, mm-hmm. uh, who are family. And I'm, oh yeah, that's tough. I, I'm not one of these people who's like, if I haven't seen them in ten years, I feel like we have this mystic connection because <laughs> we're 
family in some really distant way yeah. that I have to invite them to this thing. And it turns out that's not a very popular opinion with some folks. So. <laughs> well, that's that's where I benefit from being the son of an immigrant. Yeah. Like the family that I'm not inviting doesn't speak English. Okay. Lives in some city I can't pronounce the name of, th- that type of thing, Eastern European. M- Maybe like. slightly disinterested anyway. Yeah. They might, okay. they might not even know that I exist, to be fair. So that's a... Oh, you luckies. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it makes it... And again, we're going to Atlanta, so it makes the decision making even easier. There's, I mean, there's people where I'm like, when I don't invite them, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, there's no way I was spending a thousand dollars to get myself and my wife to Atlanta to go to your dumb sure. wedding. Yeah, so it uh, works out nicely, I guess. But also, it'll be tough to be like, ah, oh, that person would have been cool. And then, do you run into people that you haven't seen in like six months? You're like, oh, we should totally invite this guy. Yeah, I've had a little bit of that recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who may actually end up listening to this. So I'm not going to get too specific, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, there's, I run into folks who I haven't seen in a while. They're like, congratulations, and they want to know when the date is, and I'm yeah. like, your invite will be in the mail. Ah, shoot. Uh, i got to go home and add that to the list. Yeah. That's $75 each more. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, God. I got in trouble because... <laughs> Didn't invite Chewbacca. He's real mad at me now. That's a, sorry, I shouldn't. The production the quality of this show is incredible. Thank you. Already, I push buttons and uh, but on top of it, um, that's great. It's a, uh, it's challenging. It's crazy to be a community oriented person. You're a guy that does a lot for the city of Everett, so you by nature end up meeting a ton of people, and then you have to make decisions on that. What's your What's your current job? What do you do? So my 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 real job, yeah. when I don't get to hang out here and pretend to be a DJ. Uh, <laughs> Is I run the Downtown Everett Association, which is uh, a nonprofit that um, basically works with the city to help supplement some different clean and safe programs and some marketing efforts and um, just kind of trying to help make Downtown Everett better. Yeah. Uh, it would sort of be the short answer. On a scale of one to 10, where is Downtown Everett at right now on the betterness scale? <sighs> I think. Well, in relation to where it was, okay. even just like four years ago, yeah. I'd say we're pretty high. Okay. Uh, compared to where I want to be, yeah. I think we're probably about a six. Oh, okay, cool. So you've given yourself a lot of room to grow. We've got we've got places to go. So you started at like what a three? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. Look, there's there's a bunch of stereotypes that go into any place. Like if you say Seattle to someone that's not from here, they say grunge. Okay, that's sure. like, that's like one of the first things they think of: Space Needle, Rain, yeah. those types of things. Unfortunately, about Everett, I think there's like a lot of, and if you're from Everett, just chill out, okay? I don't, I don't mean any. Oh no, everybody's gonna be like, yeah, he's right. I don't mean any disrespect, but the the stereotypes around it are um, <laughs> depends on how far back. I can't uh, wait to hear what you say. It depends on how far <laughs> back you go. I think of um, of factory workers, okay, um, because of Boeing. So yeah. I think Boeing, the people that would work there, and probably have pretty kick ass jobs working at Boeing yeah. as contractors or something like that. I think of Camaros. Um, I think of uh, I think of just kind of like a, a tougher, more suburban, less refined version of Seattle. So let me let me just stop you. Okay, great. So, that means I nailed it. So my first car was a 1989 Chevy Camaro with T tops, electric it. blue. Yeah. Um, which I dubbed the Temple of Boom 1.0 because <laughs> oh. I threw some I threw some big subs in the back. Yeah. That's you know that's Be, how we do it. Okay, I just figured out how old you are now. Was, that's amazing. Well, yeah. Uh, and then the um, I mean you're you're pretty much spot on the but things are changing. And okay. But the stereotypes I don't I hate to operate no, only no. in a world of stereotypes, but that's kind of where it's a, it's a working town kind of tough. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we've got a group of people who want to kind of try and 
go the other direction. Oh, it's beautiful. We have, you know, these sweeping water views and the Cascades and the Olympics. You got a lot of military up there too, maybe? uh, We've got the Navy base. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean... It's a beautiful facility. It's right on the water, obviously, and um, the, the navy bases the that are on the on land that are or... not on the water. That's always weird. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, but the uh, the real, I think, the real version of Everett that we have right now is, um, I think, a lot of people who are proud of sort of where we've been and see where we're headed, and um, it is becoming more more refined, but. Uh, it's sort of unapologetically blue collar and, cool. and tough, I think, yeah. and and I like that. There's like a certain punk rock to that, like not not the idea of like stepping out against things, but like I think of like when you say those things, I think of like a Mike Ness and a Social Distortion, just a sure. kind of town that likes to like work hard and kind of rock a little bit, like yeah. without being. I'm just using big cliches, but that's kind of how I. Feel feel about Everett. That and the fact that as I'm getting towards Everett, I know that the traffic's starting to suck more and that I'm like yeah. on my way to Bellingham or something like that. That's going to be a slow spot. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's just how that goes, right? Yeah, but I mean, we, uh, we're we big on the arts. Um, there's a lot of really great... Uh, like what? Public art installations all around downtown. There's sculptures and um, we've got this great big mural that's been going up, or this mosaic uh, on this in front of this really beautiful um, the Village Theater, the Everett Performing Arts Center, this huge wall that wraps around and has ledges for seating all the way around. And this artist has been putting together this mirrored mosaic cool. um, for, gosh, like three or four years now. And she's it's like finally done or almost done. But we have the oldest active theater, this side of the Rockies in the, in the historic Everett Theater. Um, tons of people have performed there from you know, way, way back. It's, it's a landmark. Um, but we also have during the summertime free music, like four nights a week. Oh, wow. Um, very accessible. Uh, and it's everything from kind of like classic jazzy type stuff to, um, my friend and yours, Scotty Smith and Fauna Shade. Sure. Um, out just blowing out people's eardrums for free <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Yeah. So, and I mean, even coming up the, uh, this was something that I worked on for the last couple of years, and uh, I'm really excited to see where they go from here. the The Fisherman's Village Music Festival is coming up in in May, and it's gonna be. I think there are some things that I know about it that are gonna really blow people's minds. Are you not responsible for that? Uh, not anymore. Okay. I, I worked on it for the last couple of years, and uh, Everett Music Initiative for the last four, and I am no longer a part of those things. But they're in like the most capable hands possible. Did you right hand now. that off? Uh, I was, I was a, a partner on it. Yeah. Uh, me and my friend Ryan Crowther started that about four years ago with the Everett music initiative. And, uh, you know, things change. Schedules change. Sure. Of course. Getting married. Yeah. Um, and time commitments become, uh, a little bit, a little bit different, but, um, the, uh, the path going forward for those guys looks really good. I'm really excited about what the, uh, what the festival is going to, going to bring this year. I talked to a guy called RC recently, and he's involved in the ska scene. And he said that there's still some Everett ska that's out there. There's still some like uh, North End ska bands and and punk rock that happens, which I think is yeah, fantastic. I, I have a cousin who plays in a band called the Scoblins. <laughs> yeah, I saw that name. They're gonna play at Ska Fest. <laughs> Check out a previous episode with RC Macris. Uh, he's uh, he talked all about it, and I, I, he showed me his lineup, his bill for it, his poster, and definitely the Scoblins is on yeah, there, which is yeah. a, that's a, that's my cousin Gordon White. Shout outs uh, to Gordon. That's go, cool. Go see, go see the Scotlands. So, 
what makes Everett like you've you've been able to assemble this? Okay, the Fisherman's Village Music Festival was the thing that features a ton of local bands. Okay, yeah, it's 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 uh, the last two years. It's been um, seventy to eighty bands all around the Pacific Northwest, but we also had some from outside of this country. I mean, we had bands from Canada come down wow, cool. uh, as far as uh, Chad Valley to the UK. Um, well, I mean, what's the scene like in Everett itself? Like, what's what's the music? Because, like, you think of Seattle being the place that you talk about, oh, they're playing the tractor, and that's, oh, that's a big deal. They're playing the sunset. Oh, that's cool, or whatever. But until meeting you, or really online, seeing you talking about it, I didn't know that there was even a scene. And that's very foolish of me to well, not know that. But what's the Everett scene like? Like, what is, what's the makeup of bands and stuff? Well, I, it's it's growing. Um, it's really, it's really kind of incredible to see the stuff that's coming out of it right now. Uh, obviously Fauna Shade, um, I think one of the best bands around right now, Um, not just, not just like from Everett, but Seattle, wherever they are absolute, their new EP, go pick it up. It's called the Floral Hall EP. It's for just like, it's incredible. What they're doing is great. Um, then you've got. I will keep your ghost, which is really great, like dancey electronic rock stuff. Was um, it Perfume Genius uh, ever? At Perfume time? Genius. My understanding is that it, Mill Creek ish, yeah. very close to Everett. Sure. Um, yeah, they're doing great. Yeah, that's really awesome to watch. Uh, you know, the television performances, touring all over the world. It's pretty awesome to see that coming out of here. Um, we've got this great band called. Uh, Tellers, formerly Preacher Wife, Preacher's Wife. They just changed their name to Tellers. They've got a uh, new EP coming out soon. They're going to be releasing up in Everett with Moto Pony, who oh, yeah. obviously, you know, one of our favorite Seattle bands. They've been a locals only artist of the month. Um, that's going to be a pretty cool show to see up at the uh, the banquet hall at the Elks Lodge up in Everett. Uh, in I think it's honestly it's April sixteenth. Um, go to that. It's going to be really fun. Um, there's. Uh, a band called uh, Crystal Desert, um, which reminds me of some stuff I was into in high school, almost some AFI vibes on yeah, the vocals cool, or some, uh, uh, some of it reminds me a little like uh, Knights of Sidonia type sounding sure, stuff. Sure, cool, so, yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're into Muse. Um, we've got a lot of really talented people up there. Now, before the Everett Music Initiative was the thing that you guys kind of put together, were these bands able to coagulate into a scene or did did it take somebody spearheading a thing to get it all together? Um, I I think that I think that uh it needed it needed some help. It needed some organization. Um there was a really great open mic that was going on every Thursday night at a bar down there for a while. Um that was sort of sort of the scene. It was kind of how you could go and see who was doing what around town. But then um, when the Ever Music Initiative came along and things started to get a little more organized and there was, you just have to be deliberate sometimes in in sort of your focus and how you do things. And I think that was really all it took. And now, I mean, these bands are getting recognition, not just in Everett, but they're playing um, you know, Tellers, formerly Preacher's Wife. They played Summer Meltdown Festival. Sure. Um, I Will Keep Your Ghosts played Capitol Hill Block Party last summer with like sub pop bands and at Numos. It's really cool. Um, Fauna Shade is playing Sasquatch this year, which is super amazing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, so when you see that kind of stuff going on um, and you see it kind of, these guys, you know, they, they start to get known and they get these opportunities outside of our community in Everett, that's really, I mean, probably the best part of 
what's happening up there is seeing people figure out kind of, all right, I can take this show on the road a little bit. And, um, and like, I will keep your ghost and greet, greet to see, uh, or greet the sea. Um, those guys greet the sea, sort of a Snohomish County band. A couple of the guys I think recently relocated to Seattle, but they practice up in Everett. Um, I mean, those guys just went on a little short tour over to Eastern Washington and hit a few spots with I'll keep your ghost. It's so great to see, you know, they're packing places in different cities and especially since we take it for granted how much music there is here but you go to smaller towns and there's nothing going on especially like anything non-country or you know there's a lot of that well and that's yeah non-country that's the trick i just saw the uh lineup for the evergreen state fair really white there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot of country stuff so white yeah but uh you see um you you see whatever it was when I was like in high school and there was some cool stuff that was going on where you could go see a band like the fall of Troy, which I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but they're like a muckle Tio Everett band that, I mean, they ended up being featured on guitar hero. They ended up doing some big things yeah. all over, all over the country. Um, but I used to see bands like that play in sweaty basements or on the roof at the YMCA, like weird punk rock stuff. And then that sort of seemed to go away for a while in like my early to mid twenties. Yeah. And so to see it now, um, with shows happening almost weekly, um, the, the guys at the helm of the Everett music initiative teamed up with a venue called Tony V's garage. That's recently bigger and remodeled. Yeah. That's all of a sudden the name has been popping up. Yeah. They're, they're doing shows there almost every weekend and just uh like on saint patty's day fauna shade played with lonely mountain lovers which is one of my favorite seattle bands right now and um and to be able to go and see oh and and i would be i would be in trouble if i didn't mention choir of crickets another everett band that played that show that people just love cool um to see you know a real venue um that's understanding the importance of not just live music but good live music Mm -hmm. quality live music at a certain point you have to say we have a standard yeah. That we're going to employ, but you have to have the bands there to be able to do it. You exactly. can't like you have to have built that scene a little bit. It yeah. sounds like it was kind of serendipitous that it was time for there to be a venue for the bands that are coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Well, what got you like? What bridged this gap from being a kid liking punk rock and hanging out in Everett to trying to organize it to becoming a community organizer like that? Um, so when I was about 19 years old, I was working at Allstate Insurance. Okay, and in <sighs> so, in the claims department. Yeah, and. I got a claim for a guy named Marco Collins, <laughs> and you may know this name. He's been on this podcast before. <laughs> He's he he probably spent a lot of time in this room once upon a time. Uh, this, um, this, we have a reel to reel tape machine back here, and I've got so much tape with Marco on it yeah, that they Marco used might for have built that thing. I'm not sure. Marco um, definitely did not build that thing. Okay, he he had an engineer yeah, build it yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. Um, and I ended up realizing who I was talking to. Um, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame DJ Marco Collins. Of course, and, yeah. And uh, I ended up later on hitting him up on MySpace. I'd be like, hey, man, I'm the guy who... I'm your insurance adjuster. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just basically telling him, like, you know, I know who you are, and I'm a big fan, and I'd love to, like, pick your brain on some stuff at some point. And he let me kind of, like, intern for him. I'm making finger quotes right now. Uh Basically, we just worked on a couple of uh, marketing projects for some bands he was working with at the time, and the uh, just sort of the look behind the curtain I got a little bit, and hearing the insane stories that, you know, things that are in his movie, or, yeah. but things that maybe he probably didn't necessarily 
get a chance to share on air or like fully explain what happened. Right. To get like the full story on some of that stuff, I was just blown away. Some of it was a little terrifying, but because um, I mean, you know, he's his history, his background is wild. But see the movie, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Awesome. See, see the glamour and the squalor. It uh, people were in tears. I shed a tear. It was uh, it was a really beautiful film. Um, but he really kind of made. I was like, I want to be in radio, and and uh, but I don't want to go to school. <laughs> it was kind of conveniently. How I felt that's that's something that is very possible. Radio and not going to school yeah, go well, hand in hand. It's uh, you know, and and now I'm getting you know jump forward. Uh, 10 years I'm getting the opportunity to do locals only which is really a dream come true for me and I mean it's uh, I to say it's an honor is an understatement like to get to come in here and sit in front of the microphone and talk to my favorite bands and play their music well, and, and, and essentially pull a Marco Collins when it was the what was it Young and the Restless, Young and the Restless is yeah. what he did way back in the day yeah, as the about, locals only guy yeah. essentially yeah it's the same it's, show so you're doing with the thing that you got to see yeah I mean just the people who I mean Marco, Megan Selling, uh, yeah. Pepper, people who have done that show. Uh, Bryce did it for a while. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty cool to be sort of in that club a little bit to to be part of that because I think our local music scene here is, I mean, it's amazing. It's uh, you look around the country and I think it rivals just anybody. And coincidentally, I think the next closest thing to Seattle is probably Portland, which is, you know, really close. But um, it's crazy geographically how far away these cities are from the rest of the nation. So exactly. it's hard to break out of, I think, it, it, sometimes. Yeah. And actually, yeah, we talk about that all the time. Pepper and I used to talk about that a lot when she was, uh, when I was her co host and we were doing the show together, was uh, every time we would see like Moto Pony went on like a worldwide tour and played in India and got to go record at Abbey Road and do all this stuff. And we were like, wow, that's so great. And, uh, you know, Joseph from Portland just got signed to ATO. And, um, you know, they're getting all these official showcases at South By. And yeah. um, and you see, like, Radiation City has um, just released a new music video, and it's on every piece of music media you can find. I mean, it's really, really cool to see what's coming out of here and to have an opportunity to – be one of the many people who are kind of championing that scene and and trying to get that in front of people and in their ears like feels really cool i like it a lot absolutely it's interesting when you say that we have a, a, a scene that can kind of compete with a bunch of the other ones i was just in new york and it seems like there's a ton of music there but it, it until you like get entrenched into a neighborhood it must be hard to find where the bands actually are yeah everything seattle it's very obvious yeah it feels like and so how about Everett? i mean is it is it becoming to the point now where people know where to go and ever to find the music i think so i think there um there are a couple of places we used to own a uh uh, a venue called the Cannery. That, we, uh, uh, me, and uh, my my old partner Ryan Crowther. Uh, it was sort of the home base for the Everett Music Initiative, and the the. And you guys owned the venue. Yeah, yeah. Well, we leased the space, but it was it was our business, and it was basically we we only did like it wasn't a bar that was open you know seven days a week. It was open just when we wanted to throw shows. So like four days a month or so. And it was a ton of fun. And we basically, you know, made enough just to keep the doors open. And then somebody bought the building and decided they wanted to turn it all into office space. So that was sort of the hub for a while. And now, now, right, not long after, it was only like five months or so after um, we got kind of tossed out of there, that the new 
Tony V's opened up, and that place is pretty cool. It, it's it has a big pit sort of right in front of the stage, and then there's a divider behind that, and then you go up a little bit of a level, like half a level, and you can stand up above, so you can see above everybody's heads that are down in front, which is great. As a fellow tall person, I know that people uh, they hate us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're over six foot, like everybody at the concert hates you. And you know what I say? Then let me stand in front of the pole that's keeping the roof up because exactly. that's blocking your view anyway. Exactly, jerks. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, really I think people are starting to know like that's the spot, and you know with all the free music during the summer, people know. Um, you know, Wednesday nights, it's at the plaza in front of the Village Theater. On Thursday nights, it's down at the marina. On Saturday nights, it's down at the marina. And it's really kind of cool to see people sort of, you see a lot of the same faces migrate from here to there. Cool. Um, and they're just, you know, they're music people. They well, just love it. I think traditionally, people that go to shows are, you know, this is obvious, I guess, but it's a it's a younger demo. It's people that are going to go support from high school through about your mm-hmm. 30s, I think, is what you normally see at a concert. Yeah, not in Everett. Really? Yeah. It's some of the people that I see out at shows most regularly that are, like, the most loyal of loyal are, I mean, these are people in their 60s. Oh, wow. Um, but, I mean, we obviously, we have that 20 to 30 you know, 21 to 35 demo, like nailed. Yeah. There's a lot of people in there that go to shows all the time, but the, uh, I mean, there is a core of older folks that are very excited to have something to do and they want to go out and grab a drink and see some good tunes. Well, how does it, I mean, how does, what's the differentiation do you think between Everett is definitely more suburban. Like there's Mm -hmm. definitely more, I think if you're going to buy a house, you can just look at basic details and find out that you're not going to afford one in seattle but you might be able to afford right. it in everett that's one of the reasons i'm there yeah that's why i bought a house there and i'm i'm probably gonna be staying there for quite a while because it's it's affordable and then but then you add in high five commutes of an hour and back and forth and you're never gonna be able to go back and forth very easily it's i mean it's definitely a challenge it's uh we're we're, we're hoping for that light rail yeah oh, absolutely I think, I think what's this they saying 2025 i think is what they're talking about <laughs> convenient i can wait (laughs) but so how hungry are the people that you're servicing up there by giving this opportunity to have live music and to have opportunities for art and stuff oh i mean i think what's the thirst for it i think people i think every time there's an opportunity for any art um we have the uh the shack arts center and they have events in there all kinds of different mediums um glass blowing sculptures um you know paintings drawings screen uh screen printing people come out in droves i mean people are thrilled to have something to do every time a new exhibit opens they go every time um you know there's a there's a show people go when summer comes around and it's time that first music at the marina um the place i mean if you're not there an hour and a half early you're not getting in um so it's it's really i think the people are hungry for it i just i think that a lot of people maybe didn't realize just how hungry until there started being more opportunities. Um, and I think a really, uh, yeah, it's really encouraging. I think for even just somebody who wants to make a home and a life in that community, um, to see people coming together and making an effort to, um, you know, build this platform and maintain it, which is, you know, what those guys are doing. Does Seattle still feel like the goal, do you think, for people of Everett that are either creative or non-creative? Does Seattle still feel like the goal, or is it almost unattainable now? Um, oh, I don't think it's... You mean the goal for like a place to perform, or a place to move, or... 
Please. Sure. Um, I mean, I think I think it's definitely attainable, especially you know as a, a place to move. I think you just need to ask yourself what your quality of life situation, yeah. uh, what your standard is. I think that. Uh, I and don't get me wrong, I love Seattle. Yeah, um, of course. I I I really love it up here. I uh, well, I just whole, don't want to fight for parking all the time. Yeah, my my whole point of this is that I think that it's easy for people in Seattle to have these judgments of Everett that it's like this, the, all the stereotypes that I listed right. at the beginning, and that. Maybe there's an era of superiority that comes from that, from not taking the time to understand it. And so I wonder, as you build a community in Everett, if the if the look back at Seattle is like, well, screw you, we got it good up here. Yes. Ah, <laughs> cool. I mean, I think I think that there are a lot of people who definitely feel that way. That um, they, you know, I, and I grew up stealing my mom's jeep to try to go to whatever all ages show was happening in seattle you know uh the more the paramount or even uh i used to go to stuff at studio seven and uh when i was in high school before you got the sweet camaro before yes before i got the sweet camaro and no actually i had the camaro i just wasn't super it wasn't reliable enough to make the the trek to the big city you know (laughs) so i would borrow my mom's jeep grand cherokee 1996 um but they were still so boxy back then those those were awesome I think they're actually making those again, kind of. But it doesn't look the, the same. Patriot or the something. But the the old ones had the like uh like that was back when the wood paneling, the wood grain oh, was geez. still like real big. Maybe ninety six was towards the end of that. Wait, but what do you like, mean? That's not that's not popular. Anymore. Oh, am I might be smirching effort right now. <laughs> <That's Is that laughs> a, another stereotype. <laughs> but um, you know, so and I still come to shows in Seattle all the time. It's just you don't have to drive forty minutes. Uh, now you don't have to pay ten to fifteen dollars for parking. You don't have to pay um, ten twelve dollars per drink. Um, <laughs> you know if if you take advantage of the of the shows that are right there in our hometown of Everett now. So it's pretty cool to see that. But um, but yeah, I mean I still come down for shows all the time. One of my one of my favorite places to go see music is the Fremont Abbey Arts Center. Oh, it's beautiful. I if love you, that. Anyone listening that hasn't had a chance to go see something there, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so serene and quiet inside. Yeah. And it's like, ah, great. And it's like, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm 29. I like to think I'm still relatively young. Don't let the hairline fool you. <laughs> but, the, um, but sometimes I like to sit down sure. and not try to listen to music over a whole bunch of people talking uh, they're just like try, they're there trying to find someone to take home that night or something. I like I want to enjoy the music. And you go to you go to a place like the Fremont Abbey, and it's like everybody understands. All right, now it's time to shut the hell up. Yeah, uh, Nathan is here to introduce the artists, and we're just gonna be quiet and listen. And if you need to refill your drink, you wait. Yeah, until right. it's time. And so that that kind of setting, I think there's a place for it. I mean, I love you know a sweaty rock and roll show at the crocodile just as much as, or at the uh, at chop suey or yeah, something. Yeah, but I'm definitely guilty of being the guy that drank too much and was blathering in the background oh, yeah. at, at the croc yeah. and not at Fremont Abbey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everybody, you know, you go with somebody and it's loud. You, you're trying to scream things in their ear and then the music stops and you're that guy that, <laughs> then you want another drink and all the other volume <sighs> goes down and everyone looks at you like a jackass. <sighs> yeah. How did you get involved with Pepper? What was the, how did you make that bridge that oh, gap? Oh man. So I met Pepper like 6 years ago. Oh wow. I don't she wasn't working at the end. I think she was still a DJ in Nevada down in Vegas or... Yeah, we were working together down there. That's, oh really? Yeah, I we, didn't know that. So she and I uh I met I first met 
Pepper when she was still called Ashley, mm-hmm. and we were working at uh, X1075 in Las Vegas, and she was a local there that got some part-time hours, and I worked there for a very brief amount of time before getting blown out and losing my job there, and we shared a computer that I would do the mornings and she would do the afternoons making extra hours doing graphic design for wow. for the radio station for their websites, because banner ads were still a big deal back then. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was that was the business model back in 2008. I'm really so thrilled we, that we've moved on. Yeah, me, me as well. Uh, and so I moved up to um, I moved up to Seattle for this gig at the end, and she sent me a text message or an email being like, "Hey, can you help me connect the dots with a guy up there? I'm just going to move back to Seattle. Screw this place." She had lived here for a little while, and so I was able to um, I was able to open some doors here, and then we ended up working together again. And then That's she left so cool. and came back again. And when she came back that second time, she started doing locals only because they were making sailing and moved on. Yeah. So Pepper Pepper and I had met in a end session in the in the ends acoustic end session tent at sasquatch cool. like five or six years ago yeah and i think we were both sitting on the floor waiting for it was a really crazy day it was either matt and kim or the head and the heart and it was like right when the head and the heart yeah right after sub pop we released the record and yeah. things started going really really well for them and um we were just talking and i was like man she's cool as hell and uh we ended up just exchanging twitter handles and Next thing I know, flash forward like three years, Pepper is in Seattle and I'm hearing her on the end all of a sudden. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And I start looking on, uh, I, I, I meant to inquire as to if this was the same person and I kind of forgot about it after that drive. And maybe two weeks later, I was at a show at Numo's and I saw on Twitter, she was posting photos from the same show I was at. And I was like, wait a second. And so I tracked her down and she's like, yeah, I'm working at the end now. And she had me in as a guest on locals only a couple of times. And the second time I was in as a guest, she pulled me aside after and said, Hey, I had an idea. What do you think about coming in and hosting the show with me? And I went, yeah, anytime, just let me know. And she's like, no, no, like all the time. Starting this weekend and, went, and forever. What? And, uh, you know, we sat down with uh, the boss at the time and hashed out some details. And I think he wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. And um, You were a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. And, it, uh, man, you know, we had a lot of fun for like nine or ten months or so. And um, now through a wild turn of events, I'm in there doing it by without her. <laughs> kind of by myself. And... <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all bands that you're into right now. Yeah. It's all bands that you get to see. And yeah. it, I don't know how to ex- ask this exactly, but like, it's got to be kind of surreal that now you're directly influencing a scene. Oh, I, on a bigger uh, level than even just Everett. I think that it's really so. I started writing about music for the Everett Herald uh, probably about six years ago. Yeah. Before, uh, before, you know, things really started to blossom up there and. In that, and that was just a community blog. Um, and every now and then they pay me to write a feature about something if it was like something big and local. Sure. But that was wild for me. I was like, man, the, the Everett Herald's giving me a platform on their website. And, you know, for a kid from Everett, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I don't have a journalism background and I just have opinions. <laughs> and, uh, and then to, you know, jump forward and have now a show on the radio station that I've been listening to my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I used to listen, I used to listen to Marco back in the day and then I'd listen to music on the end. Like from the time that I got home from school, I had this little alarm clock radio in my bedroom that I won as a, 
as a prize from selling a bunch of stuff out of the catalogs at school that they used to make you take around and try and sell like yeah. candy and wrapping paper and junk to your family. I got an alarm clock out of that. It would listen to the radio on that in my bedroom. And then at night when my parents thought I was asleep, I would turn it back on at 10 o'clock to listen to Loveline on the end from 10 to midnight. And now I have a show on the same radio station that like all these people that have been, you know, kind of like icons to me, DJ No Name, Marco Collins, Gregor. Hey there. Nerd talk. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't take it lightly and I hope. I hope I don't piss anybody off and I get to keep doing it. I think there's a perception in a town like Seattle, and this is where it's interesting to get somebody that's from one of the suburbs, yeah. uh, different to take. In Seattle, there's a perception that there's a KEXP and there's the end, okay? Mm-hmm. And no matter how the end has been run throughout the course of the last 10 years, I feel like KEXP is the local station fighting for the little guy, okay? And the end is kind of the big, dumb corporate radio station. And so now that you're in a position where you're doing a show and you're working with the art community, the people that are sustaining the local music of Seattle and the greater area, do you find that those are kids that are from around here that are just as excited as you are to be at the end getting to showcase their things? Absolutely. Um, And it's so funny because... I remember right before I came in to start doing the show, one of the conversations that Pepper and I had was she was really frustrated because there was an artist that she was playing on Locals Only quite frequently, like every week. And they never said anything. Then their song, which she had been playing, was played on KXP and they created like a Facebook event for it and like screenshotted the thing on their app and posted it and all this stuff. Yeah. And she went, I don't know what... Like, what do we do? And what we, it was pretty easy to realize that was when Locals Only was 11 to midnight on Sunday nights. It was yeah. buried. I was like, yeah, they don't know you're playing their music. So having it be a two hour time slot from eight to 10, I mean, I wish that uh, Locals Only was one hour every single day. Uh, I mean, I, th- of I, course. Think, I think that would be amazing. And then, you know, maybe I could get some more work out of it. But <laughs> the, uh, but the, um, you know, now that it's a two hour format and we always, we bring a guest in every week. Um, I guess now I bring a guest in every week and you see these people, they come in, they freak out. They walk through and they're like, wow, look at these, you know, platinum records on the wall. And, you know, there's Marco's name on a, you know, this record. And, uh, it's, it's just, uh, you see their eyes light up and it's like, this is still a pretty cool thing. I mean, KXP is its own animal, but, um, you know, to have two hours to showcase what I think is the best music in the Pacific Northwest. And I mean, we're very Portland friendly all the way up to, of course. you know, Bellingham. And I've played stuff from Spokane. Um, it's, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, don't paint yourself into a corner by being, we're a local show and that means Seattle only. Because yeah, it's no fun then. I mean, it would be really a crime if we weren't using locals only as a platform to show people what's happening in Portland. I mean, the stuff in Portland, pure bathing culture, Radiation City, Wild Ones is, I got to interview, Wild Ones is one of my favorite bands. I got to interview Wild Ones. I got to sit right where you're sitting <laughs> and they came in here and I got to interview them right uh, the week their record was released and they were on tour with the Helio sequence, who I also got to interview in cool. here. Um, I mean, the, yeah, in the Helio sequence, another Portland band, sub pop band. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we play a lot of a lot of stuff from all over the area and Bellingham's got a scene that is just uh, really incredible. Last Sunday on Locals Only, I had um, Grant from uh, Manatee Commune come in, and he's out of Bellingham, and 
Um, now he's a Seattle guy, and he just sold out the Nectar and then went up to Bellingham and sold out the Wild Buffalo. And he's been to Bonnaroo and Sasquatch, and he's going to be playing a festival up in Victoria, B.C., um, I think next month or in May, with uh, Bahamas and like Pickwick, which is a great Seattle band. DJ Jazzy Jeff is on the bill. So, I mean, we got we to gotta reach outside of Seattle and look at what's happening around the area. And I think um, not being just – not being a Seattle guy, and, you know, being from sort of out of town a little bit, I think maybe helps me out in that regard. What's one band that you would want people to check out right now if they could just stop and, like, go hop online and l- listen to a, a bunch of music from them? Go listen to Fauna Shade. Stephen Graham. Go- Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at Gregor1077 and find more episodes online at 1077theend.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog, Joe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.